can count Oh, and I don't need no college Cause I'm getting stupid amounts Hey, hop in a whip and I'm out I need so much I can count Oh, and I don't Welcome to the Roz Project, a conversation about life, entrepreneurship, personal development, family tech, and marketing. My name is Ivan Temelkov, and I'm your host. What's on this podcast for you? Here you will grasp life-changing advice to help you level up in every aspect of your life and business, to help you reach your goals and dreams, and as always, all content is 100% real, raw, and unfiltered. On today's episode of the podcast... We have the first ever attorney joining us on the podcast, and his name is Steve Patty, who is a real estate attorney and does uh, closings nationwide. Steve, welcome to the show. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Awesome. Awesome. So as we were chatting before we hit record, you know, these are very interesting times that, that, that we live in, and I think it's changing the dynamic of so many industries, right? Right. And before we jump into talking about real estate and business and, and personal success and growth, let's spend a couple of minutes. Just tell us, you know, what led you to to be a real estate attorney? Like, how did that all start? How did you get to where where you are today? Uh, it's uh, nothing uh, too unique, I guess. But I, I went to law school um, as a night student. And uh, actually, I started out as a day student and I quickly realized um I was broke, needed some money, so I transitioned into the to the night division. Uh, when I made that transition, uh, that was 2002. Um, the subprime market, if you remember that, the whole which led to the crash in 2007, 2008. Uh, yep. the real estate was booming, so the people that were hiring were real estate lawyers, title companies. Um, so even though it was the night division at the time, it actually worked out really well because I was able to start. Uh, the job from really a basic um, position at the company and learn how you do really everything that go to do, how to do everything that goes into um, running a title company from the legal aspect to just the basic back office stuff. So that's pretty much how I stumbled into it. And then I just stuck with it uh, since then. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. And I'll always ask about the story because uh, personally, I'm curious about, you know, did you just wake up one day and said, Hey, I'm just going to be a real estate attorney or because especially in your field, you know, with legal as I think a lot of people that go down the legal route and become attorneys and then they open up their own practice, you know, uh, at a very uh, early age, they're curious about, you know, the justice system and just really how the law works. And, and yeah. um, I don't hear too many of those stories nowadays, though. Well, you know what? It's funny you say that. My father was a lawyer, but he was oh, like, okay. I, I, he, he was like a real lawyer. I don't call myself a real lawyer because he was a <laughs> district attorney. You know, he was a courtroom guy mm. going in and representing people and, you know, murders and, and all that stuff. And so his office was actually in our basement um, of our house and uh, clients would come in. And, and I remember thinking that seemed kind of cool growing up. Um, but as soon as I got to law school and was in a moot court type of class, I was like, this is not, not for me. Yeah. And transitioned out to the uh, night division and got the job. And it's with real estate, it's more transactional and, you know, Hopefully, at the end of it all, you're getting somebody into a house and, you know, something they want to do, uh, something they, that they really wanted to achieve. It's a big accomplishment for people, that type yeah. of thing. So, that's pretty much. So, I guess there is a little bit of that, that old school, you know, story that you hear to it as well. Sure. Sure. Interesting. So, like father, like son, right? 
a little bit. He was crazy though. He was crazy, man. I'm not that, that crazy going into <laughs> judges and rules of civil procedure and that stuff. It's not my, sure. it's not my uh, cup of tea, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's intense. You know, I, I've known several attorneys in my lifetime and, and I, I, I just don't know, you know, when it comes to, um, they deal more on the justice side, you know, like, like, uh, homicides and things like that and more criminal justice type, uh, type of attorneys. Um, you know, that's very challenging. You know, I probably couldn't be able to, uh, wouldn't be able to sleep at night <laughs> simply because you just have so much in your head, you know, that you have to process and the types of clients that you work with that kind of comes with the territory. Right. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So, you know, kind of, you went uh, down the real estate route. So, you know, uh, it, we live in very interesting times right now, you know, with, with this COVID-19 thing over the last three months, you know, let's talk a little bit about real estate and what you've been seeing in the real estate space, you know, um, you know, have there been a lot of foreclosures or how, how have the dynamics of real estate really changed over the last few months? Um, I mean, the, there's more refinances right now um, than there has been. A lot of that is driven by the interest rates. So um, I would say that in the real estate world, if you are a lender or maybe you do what I do, we've been a little, little bit fortunate um, just because of that rate environment. Um, a lot of people are refinancing. And it, it's not, it seems kind of crazy, but a lot of people are stuck at their houses more or, you know, as we all are uh, right now, more than we ever have been. So if you own a house and you, you know, all of a sudden you might be like, I'm, this house is too small. So I need to go buy a new house or, you know, we need to actually mm -hmm. do that addition that we wanted to do, um, or we need to fix up our bathroom, whatever the case might be. So there's been more activity, I think, um, you know, by virtue of that, even if, on things such as it doesn't involve me, but putting in swimming pools and redoing your yard and, and, you know, that type of thing. But but there have been challenges uh, with, you know, COVID and wearing masks and can we still do closings and, you know, are people comfortable with you going into their house if you're going to do a refinance? And, um, you know, so what we've done is we've tried to have everybody come to our office to do the closings. If it's a purchase, um, we try to keep the sellers um, out. We really limited it just to the uh, needed parties. So really the buyers who have to sign all the documents and, um, that presents some challenges because they they could be a first time home buyer and, and now they're going into the closing and their realtor won't be there. Um, but as long as we have a good relationship with the realtor, um, in which we generally do, then they're going to trust that they're coming into a, a good sure. environment for, for the signing, you know, that type of thing. So sanitizing everything, people bring their own pens, wearing masks. Um, some people yeah. wear gloves still, um, try to keep your distance and, uh, you know, that type of thing, but it's definitely changed our, our environment. But I would say for a little while that purchases slowed down because people don't want, you know, if you're an owner, you're a seller, you might not want people in your house. Um, and if you're yeah. a buyer, you might not be comfortable going in. Yeah. You know, the, all the things that, that you mentioned was what I was kind of wondering, you know, because, you know, in some parts of the country, uh, it's not as excessive as others. You know, um, I, for example, I'm in the Midwest, you know, I'm in St. Louis, but I've been hearing some crazy stories about like the East Coast and the West Coast of how tedious really everything is, um, you know, especially from like a real estate standpoint. And it was really interesting that you were talking about that a lot of people are refinancing right now, uh, which, you know, uh, is interesting because they're refinancing for reasons of 
you know, doing modifications to their home, like you said, maybe putting in a pool or something or, you know, putting in a new addition. Um, but what's really interesting about that is that, you know, we saw one of the highest unemployment rates that we've seen in history. You know, yeah. I think it was up to like, what, eight or nine million, 10 million or something like that. And yeah. it's interesting that you mentioned that, that a lot of people, you know, so on one side, you're seeing a lot of people that are refinancing for reasons of like, hey, I want to do that addition. Now I'm stuck at home for a couple months, you know, um, I got time to do it. And there's probably people who are refinancing for cash, right? Is for yeah. equity reasons. No, it's, it's all that. And you lowering your payment as well. You're going mm -hmm. from a four and a half percent rate to a three percent rate. So you're going to save some money. And anytime you refinance, you get one or two months of no mortgage payments. So you're getting a little bit of break there. Um, the lenders initially, it was a little bit chaotic, but the lenders um, tightened things up with uh, overlays on FHA deals for purchases. And on top of that, um, there's now like COVID attestations that have to be signed that basically say I'm still employed. Um, I haven't lost my, my job. I still have the income, uh, that type sure. of thing. Yeah. And then even, even in, uh, where I am, I'm in Rhode Island for a little while. We had, um, we had, a, a an affidavit that needed to be signed and recorded with the deeds that said, if anybody was coming in from out of state, they had to self quarantine for 14 days. So even that type of thing, so you'd buy a house oh, wow. from out of state <laughs> yeah, and then you're stuck in your house for two weeks. <laughs> That's pretty crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you were saying that, you know, you guys are really kind of being very, uh, very sanitary, but, you know, have you seen, have you done any kind of e-closings, you know, ever since, or has it been all like, hey, you know, our clients come into our office, you know, in, in person type of thing? Yeah, it's a good question. So a lot of the states, I'm in New England, so we're probably the last place that's ever going to go the e-closing route. Um, uh, with that being said, we actually have an e-closing platform that we created for our clients. So in the states mm -hmm. that allow it, you can actually do a fully closing. So you'd be doing a closing like you and I are sitting here, um, you know, on this uh, Zoom call. And sure. we would just end up signing the documents and I'd notarize them while you sign them. And the beauty with that is 90% of the loan docs don't need to be notarized. So you can approve all those. They can be signed in advance and it would take, you know, five minutes for us to do a closing this way. But um, going back to your question, a lot of the states passed emergency legislation which involved, you know, uh, the, I guess the use of, you know, uh, remote devices. So if it's, it's audio yeah. visual equipment, but it, it, it's not real. It, it's meant more for the purpose of if you needed a deed signed or a power of attorney, not a full loan closing package. Yeah. Um, and it presented some challenges because some of each state was, is a little bit different and you have to use uh depending on the state or follow the requirements that they have. It might involve me watching you sign it this way. Then you mail me the original document. And then when I get it, we jump back on a call like this and then you watch me notarize it. Um, and then at that point it's, it's valid. So um, each state that didn't have or doesn't have the e-closing um, regulations in effect that haven't passed them, then that was kind of the best, the best bet. But uh, out in New England, we haven't seen it, but the good news is there's about, 25 states or so that have at least passed, um, it's called RON, Remote Online Notarization um, Laws, uh, that will, will really enable, um, that enable the use of, of doing these types of closings. And yeah. it takes some time, to, I mean, it sounds kind of terrible to say, but something like the coronavirus really gave, or will give this thing a kick in the butt, where people are going to really demand the ability to do these closings remotely. 
um, so that they don't have to risk their safety, especially if they're in an at-risk group, if they're older or if they, you know, are a diabetic or whatever the case might be. You know, as you were, as you were kind of mentioning about <clears throat> some of these, you know, regulatory laws, you know, per individual states really got me thinking about several different things. So millions of Amer- Americans own homes. You know, that's one of the beauties about living in the United States of America that you can own a home. Uh, but I think that with the changing times is that a lot of these laws, um, these governing laws uh, were becoming outdated or have become outdated. Um, I think, you know, the issue with the whole privacy and being on Zoom, let's face it. I mean, a virtual call is about as close as an in-person. I mean, there's only so much that you can infiltrate, really, that can go sideways on a virtual call. But I think that these, you know, especially in the real estate space and from what you were saying is that I think more and more people are shifting to uh, e-closings mainly because of accessibility and convenience. And then again, it's really in all industries. I mean, in fact, uh, the reason why Amazon and there was talks like two months ago, I think it was, or a month ago that Bezos is about to become the world's first trillionaire. And it's because, you know, everybody's sitting on their butts at home on the couch and just tapping on the app and ordering shit from Amazon, including toilet paper and whatnot else. And soon it's going to be grocery, which might already be in some states since the acquisition of Whole Foods by Amazon, which is totally going to kill the grocery market. I mean, just so quickly. I know Walmart. So what I was trying to say is that I think more and more people are realizing that you know, yeah, there is absolutely no reason, and I think you even solidify that when you said 90% of the documentation can be done via virtual call. It, yeah. You know, you don't, you don't have to notarize it, but then you also talked about, you know, this new um, law, I think you said RON, I believe, that is remote online notarization, right, which That's is kind of makes me think of like DocuSign, basically, which I use for everything. Right. Yeah. You know, it, you get it in your inbox, swipe your finger, and, and sign. I mean, it's no different than basically being in person and holding a pen in your hand and just signing it. But I think one of the challenges is just that a lot of these laws, real estate laws, were so outdated that now they're forced to really kind of reinvent themselves in a way to keep up with the changing times. And I honestly, you know, I don't think it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go back. I mean, I, I could be wrong here, but in the real estate space specifically, I'm seeing more and more people in the future, you know, doing things electronically. You know, we talked about like the rocket mortgage, you know, of the world that, you know, it's kind of like a one point and click. And there's a bunch of other companies that are doing something similar. You know, they just have a maybe slightly different approach. But for the most part, I mean, who wants to, who wants the, the, the hustle and bustle of, you know, running around and, and even with virtual tours, right? I mean, you've probably seen a lot of that is with homes, right? Is that you can do a virtual online tour to see the inside of the residence without you actually stepping a foot there, you know? And yes, it's not, you know, a full-on experience, which don't get me wrong. I personally am a huge, huge fan of an experience, but some people are like, no, I just want to see what it looks like because worst case scenario, if I don't like it, as long as there's some kind of a, you know, like a return policy or something or whatever, you know, something that says, hey, if you don't like it, then you have an option to, to you know, exchange or whatever, you know, if such a thing exists. Um, but for yeah. the most part, I think, you know, people are really going for the accessibility factor and convenience, and it's kind of diluting the whole experience because, you know, 50 years ago, buying a house was literally an experience. Like, yeah, you no, go sure. to the house, you see the house, you experience it, you walk through it, you touch it, you talk to the realtor, like it was the whole nine yards. But, 
you know, nowadays it's, it's, I think it's a lot more fast tracked, right? Um, yeah, no, I, it is. I mean, I think everything's kind of going that way. Um, from buying a car, buying a house that I've had a couple of people buy houses and sight unseen, you know, they've had a family member look at it. <laughs> family member does the walkthrough. Um, they put them on, you know, FaceTime or whatever it is to, you know, to, to kind of show them, uh, what they're looking at. And so it's gotta be something that they trust. Um, with the coronavirus, like, uh, you know, the steps I'd mentioned we take where you kind of keep this seller and where I am, everybody comes to the closing table and it's more of a ceremony, like you were saying, where on the West coast, it's all done in escrow. You don't really come together and meet the um, other side ever, but it's definitely been more of a ceremony out this way, but now it's limited again, just based upon, uh, trying to keep people distant just for that yeah. whole coronavirus thing. But but it's true. I mean, it, it, it's an easier experience. Even before the coronavirus with refinances, we would do, go to closings of people's houses, you know, but again, because of the, just for convenience. So, you know, they get home after work, we would go right to their house, do the closing. Yeah. But with the purchases, um, you know, we've had to kind of chop that up a little bit just to keep people separate and try to, you know, flatten the curve, as they say. And, um, and I do think, though, like you said, it's going to become more and more of the, the digital world. Um, it's a lot easier for people to do the, the virtual tours. And then when they buy, um, if, if you didn't have to go um, to the closing uh, to do it, if you could do it like when we do a virtual closing now, it's we're basically doing it like how you, you and I are, except I yeah. would see the document that you're signing and I'd watch you sign it. And then I would uh, take control back, basically, and then I would notarize it and then the beauty of the remote closings, though, is I've done way too many closings to even guess the number, but I, I don't remember the a closing I did a week ago or the details of it generally. Yeah. So when you do it electronically, it's recorded and there's always a, a digital copy of it and the documents have like a, they get a temperate uh, seal, evidence seal on right. it. So everything is secure. If there was ever a question about somebody not understanding anything, it would be documented. Um, they could ask questions about other documents that they already had approved or that they wanted to wait and approve until they sign them on, on the platform. So from that perspective, it really does help to reduce, I would say, fraud and um, any sort of confusion over what really went on at a closing, um, you know, just to make sure that every, everybody's yeah. got a clear path of it. No, I think you hit the nail on the head personally, maybe because I'm just a digital guy, but I think there's sort of been this worry about, you know, how digital was going to play a part, uh, you know, privacy issues, legal issues. But like you said, I mean, as long as there's a, an actual copy, a digital copy of like a notarization or an actual e-signing, then I mean, it's just as good. It's factual proof. So, and I think that's what some of these traditional laws and, and, and lawmakers, you know, on the real estate side of things specifically, have been so worried about because of the disruption that digital is creating. And it's, it's a good disruption though, nonetheless, I personally think, because it's adding an extra, extra layer of accessibility, of convenience. It's also actually making it faster, I think, you know, to do some of yeah. these closings, right? So, um, oh, for sure. For sure. so I know we talked about, you know, the real estate side of things. Um, so just kind of getting your thoughts on it, but you know, I kind of want to weave in something else because you talked about, you know, uh, uh, personal success and personal growth also. And I know that, you know, this is also essential to everything that's been happening over the last three months, because a lot of people have been home, you know, working from home, that's becoming kind of like the norm, you know, work from home now, yeah. but also a lot of people have been wondering about, you know, 
what new skills can I learn to become more valuable? You know, so I, I wanted to talk to you more about, you know, the personal success and the personal growth side of things. Like, what are some suggestions, maybe things that you have done personally, you know, especially over the last three months to kind of level up, you know, uh, kind of become, you know, a better version of yourself. So uh, let's talk a little bit about that, the personal success and growth side of things. Okay. Yeah. I mean, for me personally, I would say, um, it sounds kind of crazy, but with the coronavirus, I probably work more hours now than I did before. Um, and it's not a bad thing. I mean, I feel like we've actually made a lot of, um, improvement groundwork because of that, but, um, I don't have to, I've got young kids, but school is closed. So I don't have to drop the kids off or worry about picking them up. Um, sure. We've had people that have been able to watch, like had a babysitter to watch our kids. My wife works. Um, and uh, so I've gone into the office still. Um, you can't get anything done at home with the four and six year olds. It's right. just, it's, it's not possible. So I can relate. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, but I've been able to then get up go to work earlier and then work late. So I think it's given me, um, I've been driven more, especially with the e-closing platform, that type of a thing to, to really implement that into what we do um, a bit more. Mm -hmm. And then just going out and building new relationships. Um, and then a lot of people we've had to have, you know, move, move to, to their house uh, to work. And some people have actually done great with that. Um, other people, it's been a little bit difficult because I think what happens is when you're working from home, at least for some people, you lose that line between work and and family because you're not in a, a separate place. And sure. while I love people working, you know, if you're all of a sudden going from eight hours a day to 15 hours because the computer's just right there, then I think it becomes really important to, to make sure you give yourself a little bit of time for yourself and your family. Um, you know, where for me, I, I still went into an office, so I was able to, to, to maintain, I guess, that, that distinction. Yeah. Well, interesting we're talking about. So first of all, you know, I can relate to the family part because I have two kids. I have a four-year-old son and a two-year-old daughter. And oh, yeah. uh, you're in the weeds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And, uh, you know, I'm fortunate enough that daycare has kept, you know, um, uh, churning and burning <laughs> over the last uh, few months, even with COVID, you know, they sort of had to pivot and, and introduce new new tactics and strategies in the way that they bring in kids but for nonetheless you know sanitation and all of that but you know you're absolutely right i found that you know the productivity aspect of things has really kind of increased because like you said you know i primarily work at home i have a home office at home so you know it has allowed me to be more productive more focused you know and in fact i think i've been getting more done than you know when the kids are home which you know is on the weekends and let's just face it, I, I almost can't get anything done on the weekends. And right. I like working on the weekends when I can because it's just what I do is a passion of mine. I don't really look at it as a job. Also, as an entrepreneur and as a, as a small business owner. Um, but it was interesting that you said that, you know, for you coming to the office, because I think that's what a lot of people have discovered is that their level of productivity and focus has increased during, during COVID. Um, also has allowed him to kind of flourish into different areas that they didn't before. Now, the only, the only thing that I think I personally am kind of missing is the social element, uh, yeah, sure. because, you know, we're, we're unable to congregate, you know, we're unable to come together and, you know, uh, as someone who has a marketing business, you know, I do enjoy like happy hours and gatherings and things like that, you know, with, you know, with people and just having conversations. And I think, you know, that's one thing that COVID has taken away and, 
quite frankly, uh, I don't I don't know how soon it will be before he comes back. So that's probably one of the biggest, you know, I think drawbacks. But um, you know, it was interesting that you said you know you're spending more time, you're working, you're being more more productive. Um, what what other things are you are you doing anything you know in terms of like exercise, health, fitness, any of that? you know, to, to kind of, you know, keep the balance, uh, with everything that's going on. Yeah. You know, that was tough when it first started. Um, especially, mm -hmm. well, probably like where you are, the weather still really sucked in, in March, yeah. you know? So, uh, I would, uh, I, there's a gym right down the street from, from the office. So I would try to pop in there three, four times a week. And then once COVID hit, it was non-existent, obviously. Um, right. I was able to actually to rent dumbbells from the gym. So on occasion, oh, okay. I would work out. But the, the problem with that is that what I quickly found is it's good for me to be, it's kind of like going to work. I can be in that work mode and at home, hopefully be, you know, in the home mode and at gym, you're in the, you're there for an hour or whatever it is and you bang it out. But I'd find myself doing a set of something and then I'd be on my computer typing for an hour and be like, oh crap, I, I need to get back <laughs> and do another, not doing anything. So yeah. Uh, but with that being said, you know, I tried to run um, a little bit, um, you know, rented some dumbbells and then the gyms have finally opened up. So I've, I've started to, to go back, but it's weird. You got to wear a mask, you know, when you're in sure. there. I haven't tried to get on a treadmill um, in the gym, you know, so I'm just doing that outside. But yeah, you got to do that stuff to, to maintain sanity, um, you know, in some way, shape or form without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had to ask because like you said, you were working long hours and, and I know personally that, you know, um, you got to keep the balance somehow between kids and work and you got to have something for me, you know, six years of cycling has been my mind therapy basically. But yeah, uh, last week as I was out and I was so excited, of course, it was, you know, 95 degrees outside and with the heat index, it was 104 degrees outside most people are like you're out of your freaking mind you know right. being out there i'm like no this this is like the best time to be out here well i'm coming around the corner and i hear the loudest bang mind you with airpods uh, in my ears and uh uh this was my first flight that i've had in six years of riding oh, wow. and oh. uh so my bike is down until the 23rd but um you know, that's one of the things that for me personally that I enjoy the most. It's literally mindset. It's a, it's a mindset shift. It's clarity. It's focus. It's really, you know, I feel like being on that bike is not about endurance. It's not about health, you know, or fitness. It's more about really just collecting your thoughts and figuring out, you know, what's your next move? You know, yes. um, you know, what are your goals? What are your dreams? What are you going after? You know, how are you going to make it happen? And I feel like I've probably had some of the biggest epiphanies while I've just been, you know, cycling my ass off, you know, 15, 20, 25 miles in. And I'm just like, you know, I just had a huge epiphany, you know. And yeah. uh, so uh, that's why I was asking. It's interesting. We're talking about masks at gyms because uh, being here in the Midwest, you know, I think it was about a month and a half ago, roughly, when the gyms opened up. But in the first two or three weeks, it was kind of like, you know, uh, a mask was required. Now it's an optional thing. And it's like, how are you going to run on the treadmill with a mask? Are you trying to suffocate yeah. yourself? <laughs> it's yeah. Just, no, it's, it's, just not. it's not good. It, it's funny, too. Like, for, for me, running is definitely, like, mental clarity. Um, mm -hmm. I used to test running. I, mean, I used to smoke cigarettes and stuff. I, I detested it. And um, as I've gotten well, older, but really over the last 20 years, that's probably been one of the best 
sources of relief in some some way, shape, or form. A um, mm-hmm. guy I know said to me before, you know, I run to deal with my problems and um, I drink to forget about them. And so I, I said to him, that's why I do both. That's why I do both of those things. So that way yeah. I can run to deal with them and then I forget about them hopefully if I drink as well. Sure. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You, you got to have that. There has to be a balance, you know. Um, one of the things that I have learned earlier on is just that it doesn't matter how passionate or committed you are about what you do um, in your line of work is you got to have a way to sort of, you know, unload all of that. And I think now with COVID, you said you're putting in more time, you know, at the office, you know, it seems like your productivity is probably at an all time high, but at the same time, let's face it, you'll burn out, you know, at some point. So you got to have a way to sort of exhilarate and release all that tension and that stress, you know, that, that builds up. And, uh, I, of all people, I'm the first to admit that I probably struggled with that in my 20s. It wasn't until my, in my 30s, it was late 30s really, and now being 40 years old that, you know, I realized that I, I needed to, to have that. So it's just like, yeah. there's weeks that, you know, I would get so busy or like with the 4th of July weekend, you know, um, we're out of town with the family. So I had a short week afterwards and I'm like, you know what, I'm not going to go to the gym or I'm not going to cycle. It's like, no, you need to go do that because- yeah that's what gives you that clarity. That's what gives you that focus. That's what kind of opens things up for you. And I think as entrepreneurs, you know, get so immersed into the minutia of everything that we'll forget that, you know, you need to move away from the computer, <laughs> you need to move away from the desk and, and yeah. go and run or walk or cycle or do something, you know, that's going to clear your mind. So no, um, I'm with you totally on that. And I also think too, it's, you got to know what your end game is. As long as you've got like your reasons, as they say, as long as you've got important reasons, um, that'll help obviously get you through those moments as well, or, you know, burn yeah. out and that type of thing. But I, but I'm with you. There's not a day that I'm, that goes by that I'm not, even if it, I can't make it happen, that I'm not thinking about running or doing some sort of exercise. And then I'm, you know, I write, write down my goals every day, um, that type of thing, just to try to keep it top of mind. Okay. You know? You know, that's, re- that's really good right there that you mentioned because, first of all, you, gotta, you, met, you talked about a why and a purpose. It's important to have. And honestly, I've met far too many people in business, um, even some of the new co- newcomers, you know, new entrepreneurs that just don't have a why, don't have a purpose. They just get into this game about money and thinking that, you know, um, their idea, their product or their service, you know, is going to help them earn a lot of money. And they're in for a rude awakening simply because, for one, they don't have a why and a purpose. Like for me, my family has always been my why, you know, so building a business and creating financial freedom and opportunities and also being an idol to my kids, you know, that was something that I was uh, talking about recently in the video is this time, you know, uh, it's important to show your kids your dreams, your goals, you know, bring them, bring them with you because they idolize you. And when they grow up, you know, um, they're, they're going to look at, you know, what dad did, you know, and they're going to, yeah. they're going to kind of emulate you. So it's really important, you know, not to be on your own designated Island, but also, you know, bring your kids along and also have a strong why, a strong purpose. And you also said you write your goals down, uh, every day, which is really important because, you know, you have to be able to manifest, uh, because that's the only way that you're going to have appreciation for your accomplishments. If you write down yes. those, those goals, in fact, 
it wasn't until a year ago that I started journaling, uh, believe it or not. Um, and journaling the sense of expression, documenting, I sort of over a period of time, I found this trend. I found this trend that everything that I was writing down for the most part were my aspirations of who I wanted to be, who I knew that I, I could be. And I think a lot of people don't do that. Let's face it, I'm an Eastern yes. European. And I don't know any Eastern Europeans, honestly, that I've done any of that. I know my parents, who are about as old school as old school gets, you know, uh, never did any, any any of that, never never strive for kind of ways to, to level up and, you know, different ways to, to become a better person. So it's very interesting that you mentioned that you're not the first, second, or third person for sure to talk about the importance of mindset, personal development, writing down your goals, journaling, uh, clarity also. Yeah. So, um, and how is that, you know, from your experience, I mean, have you found value in all of those things? As you said, 20 years in the game now, right? Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, when I started out, I mean, on a professional standpoint and personal standpoint, I mean, I didn't know my, uh, I asked for my elbow, if I'm allowed to say that, you know what I mean? So, yeah. it's like, you go totally 180. Um, you know, the other big thing is you have kids, and all of a sudden, your priorities change. Um, yeah. You know, you have a whole new perspective on life. And like you'd said, it's, what do you want your kids to remember, you know, and, and what do they deserve? You know what I mean? Like that type of thing. So what can you really do to try to level things up and part of that is writing down your goals and trying to really work to make those things uh reality and then reevaluating the goals and, and and what they maybe were 10 years ago you know there it's an ongoing process yeah. and you gotta you gotta keep um aim high what do they say shoot for the stars and uh you know hopefully you know, right. you'll hit. i'd rather shoot for them and miss you know what i mean so right. lofty goals and try to make a real difference and um, you know, the world and then in your, your own family's life. So, yeah, I think it was something along the lines of shoot for the moon. And if you miss yeah. it, then you land amongst the stars or something yeah, yeah, along those it. lines. Yeah. yeah. No, it's uh, it's really interesting. You said that because um, one thing that I have found out personally through, you know, my entrepreneurial journey is this that uh, in the beginning I was surrounding myself with the wrong people. Um, you know, I was surrounding myself with people who weren't like-minded you know, people who, for instance, I try to surround myself with people who, um, you know, have built businesses, you know, have families, um, have high goals, you know, they're very driven, very motivated. So like you said, your priorities really change. And it's important to align yourself with people who have done the things that you want to accomplish also, or have similar aspirations, similar goals, also similar yeah. dreams also, right? So right. Um, I, uh, I really, excuse me, I really uh, enjoyed the conversation, Steve, and I know we could probably go endlessly, but, um, you know, you yeah. shared some really interesting thoughts about real estate, really appreciate you doing that, um, and also personal growth and success also, which is really important. Let's face it, it's all about personal growth in the way yeah. that it drives drives you to, to where you want to go in life and business. Um, so with that being said, you know, before we wrap things up, um, can you just throw out some social handles, some websites, how can people connect with you out there? Yeah, for sure. Uh, you can go to our website first, uh, spelled out, and then NTE, national title escrow .com. Mm -hmm. Um You can always email me, steve at firstnte.com. Um, Fast Close is the name of our e-closing platform, um, so you can check that out. And we're on social media, uh, Twitter, I think it's at firstnte. 
Um, but would love to connect with everybody. Uh, feel free to hit me up if you have any questions on real estate, if you're just getting started out um, as a realtor, investor, um, even in the mortgage world, or at, you know, if you have a title company, you just want to collaborate. So be really happy to talk to, to anybody in, in the industry. Very cool. Steve, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. Appreciate it. All right, man. Thank you. I appreciate it too. Staying around. What is they talking about? They know I've been in the lab. Yeah. Bro, why they all going out? I got the money. It's inside. They want to ask why I've been. Why? In 2018, they still hate it. I see them now. They all switched sides.